0: Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life, so we encourage you to share your story with us at info at or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring our message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service.
1: Church, we're so glad you're here with us this morning. We have our sweet choir up here with us today, so we hope you enjoy them. Guys, as we've been rehearsing since 7 o'clock this morning, we have felt the move of God in this place already from the moment that we came into His house and doing this worship, he's at work, he's at work for you, he's at work around you. So right now I just wanna pray that you open yourself up to what he has for you today because he's got a lot for you and we don't want to be in a place of resistance we want to open up give him all we have in worship we want to praise him and then we want whatever he has for us today would you all agree with me in prayer for that this morning god we love you we bless your name we know that you are at work this morning you have been at work on our behalf for a very long time and god this morning is the morning that people are going to get breakthrough they're going to see healing in this place they are going to step out and worship as they've never worshiped before. So God, I pray that this place would turn into a house of praise for you, God, that we would blow the roof off of this place, praising you this morning. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. God, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen.
2: celebrate communion together as a church family on your way in, you should have received communion elements. If you did not, uh, just indicate to an usher and they will help you get them. But um, hopefully you have those accessible. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we find the truth is that When Jesus knew that the next day was going to be the day that he was going to be crucified, he gathered all his closest followers together in an upper room, and he went through this, and he established this. a beautiful thing to remember and to celebrate what Jesus has done for us. And he said, this is my body because he knew the very next day that he would be arrested, he would be falsely accused and that he would ultimately be beaten and crucified. And he willingly allowed that to happen because he knew that in going through that, that he would purchase for us salvation and healing. And at the same time, his enemies thought that as he went through this, that it was an assurance that they were victorious over him. But Jesus knew better and so he laid down his life. And the Bible says that he took this bread and he tore it saying, this is my body. And so we're gonna partake together of the bread. And as we do, we remember what Jesus did for us and we thank him. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you endured, that you suffered in my place so that I didn't have to suffer for my own sins, that you purchased for me and for us all the healing and the salvation that we so desperately need. You provide forgiveness for us. And so Lord, we, we recognize that there are parts of us that are broken, parts of us that absolutely were living away from you and we are sorry for those things. We repent, we turn from them and we turn back to you. Forgive us God for the things we've done and said things that linger in our heart that don't please you. And thank you that you loved us so much that while we were still sinners, you died for our sins. Thank you for your body broken on the cross for us. In Jesus' name, amen. The scriptures continue. It says, in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and you, sealed by the shedding of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And friends, he's coming again soon. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for the blood that you shed on the cross, for everything that that means, everything that you endured, the whip on your back and the pain that you went through so that we didn't have to, so that we could be whole. And Lord, we ask now this day that there would be a wholeness that comes to each one of us, that we would be whole in our minds, whole in our body, whole in our spirit, whole in our soul because of what you purchased for us on the cross. Thank you for salvation and thank you for wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. And that's what we pray for this morning in each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue to worship him together.
3: old and he made it new. That's just what the mercy of God came.
2: is power in your name we believe there is power in your blood and right now we ask that you would begin to pair our hearts for the moment at the end of this service where you are going to heal our hearts where you are going to heal our broken places and we are going to have chains falling off of our lives we can't wait to see what you have in store for us in the rest of this service. We know that this is going to be a day. And so, devil, we serve you. Notice there's a line drawn by the blood of Jesus, and whatever you had planned is no longer going to prosper in our lives. We are going to stand in victory, and we thank you, Jesus, that you purchased that victory for us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody. Welcome to church. If you would, turn, greet one another, and make your way to your seats. If you're joining us online, we'd like to have a very special welcome for you as well. Throughout this morning's service, feel free to write in that chat. You can request prayer, um, you can put some praise emojis, you can laugh at Tim's jokes, whatever you got to do to get through online, but we are just excited that you're with us as well. Church family, I am excited to be in God's house this morning and I can tell that you are as well. We can sense the Holy Spirit right here in this room and it is exciting to think of what our God is going to do this morning. If um, you have... Uh, decided that you're going to bring an offering to God's house this morning, the way that you do that there's offering drop boxes you can drop a check or cash into those as you leave, you can also do it digitally and the directions for how to do that using the church center app are right there or you can do it online, all different easy ways and each one of those digital ways takes about one minute to set up the first time and then about 10 seconds anytime after that to access and do your giving that way, but the Bible tells us that when we come to the house of God that we should never come empty handed. And that makes perfect sense to me because I don't go to a kid's birthday party and not bring the birthday kid a gift. So when we come to God's house to celebrate him and what he's done in our life, we come with a gift. And the Bible says that that gift is the first 10th of everything we make. And then a little bit over and above as an act of faith saying, God, I trust you. And I know that you're going to come through for me and my family, but God is good and he is blessing. And so I want to pray a prayer of blessing over each one uh, this morning. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your blessing and your goodness. And Lord, there are financial needs in this room, people who are just counting on you for uh, more commission sales, uh, for just deals to come through in businesses, better new jobs with benefits for their families. And we pray that you would open up the floodgate over each family represented in this room and you would pour financial blessings into their lives in the form of more money coming in and in the form of the stuff they have lasting longer and not needing to be uh, maintained or broken down in any way. God, we just give you our financial needs and we ask you to miraculously provide for each one. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, if you are a guest or a visitor, the way that you let us know that is you can stop by the information counter if you're in person, or whether you're in person or online, you can just text uh, the word fellowship to the number uh, 94000, and that'll put you in touch with one of our pastors. They'll take you through a series of prompts to help you um, get connected, answer any questions you might have about us, but we're thrilled you're here, and we hope that you feel like family when you come. There's always stuff happening, so let's check out what those things might be.
4: One great way to stay connected here at Fellowship Church is to download the Church Center app. It is a great way to see everything that's going on from our life groups to our registrations. You can give on there, and it's the easiest way to stay current on all the different events and things going on here at Fellowship Church. Now, one of the things you can sign up for on the Church Center app is our guest reception. The next one is going to be on February 20th. It's a free breakfast in between services. You register under the events tab on the Church Center app. It's a great way to meet some staff, Uh, take a tour. You can ask any questions as well as hear about all the different serving opportunities and different groups and classes that are going on here at Fellowship Church. So if that interests you, jump on the Church Center app and maybe check out some other things that are on there as well. Also coming up on February 20th is Pastor Tim's series, Living in the End Times. It is a wonderful, wonderful way to see what it looks like in our relationship with Jesus as we are starting to live into these end of times. And as the Bible teacher, It can be hard to try and really apply what that looks like in our personal lives. Pastor Tim is going to bring this series, and it is going to change your life. You do not want to miss it. Speaking of teaching that's been so, so inspirational and honestly motivating for me in my personal walk with Jesus is this Help My Personality is Showing series we're in. Pastor Tim is continuing today, and next week is the last week of that series. You do not want to miss it. It's so great. So enjoy today's message.
5: Well, last week we started talking about how we deal with pain, not physical pain, but emotional pain and how everybody kind of responds to it differently. Some of that is based on our personality. But what we talked about was the fact that years ago, basically what we did when we were dealing with emotional pain or we're telling others to do how others to deal with it was we just say, just deal with it. Like, You can handle it. Don't bother anybody else with it. Don't burden anybody else with it. It's just a fact of life and you just need to deal with it. But what we also established that through the years is that that's not a healthy way to handle pain at all. And when we don't handle pain, when we don't get help through our pain, when we don't allow God to heal us from our pain, what happens is that pain stacks up. It stacks up within us. It builds up within us. And then if we're not careful, it will start to show itself in us. It could literally dictate our future in our life. And what we talked about too, is that there's different ways that we handle pain. Uh, uh, of course, we're gonna handle it in one of two ways, either in a good way or a bad way. And three of the bad ways that we can deal with pain, and one of which is that we medicate it. And we used the example of David last week and how David medicated his hurt from when he was young with women or sex. We talked about that there's other ways to medicate pain. You know, you can do it through alcoholism. You can uh, do it through, uh, you know, spending money you don't have. And really what it is, is it's kind of an escape form of sin to help you escape the pain for the moment. So you do whatever that sinful activity is to forget the pain that you've had from the past, that undealt with pain. And we talked about that David did that. He had, he had tons of wives and tons of concubines and he kind of thought that he could escape in, in to the women. And in reality, God had said, no, 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 no. Kings don't do that. His Hebrew kings don't have multiple wives. Don't do that, but he did it anyway. And then we talked about his son, Solomon. And what Solomon did is he motivated his pain. That's another way we deal with it. We just bury ourselves in work, we bury ourselves in projects, and we think if we can just keep ourselves busy enough, we won't think about the pain. Another way that we motivate pain is we try to control it. And so we think if we can control our circumstances, we control the situation around us enough that we'll never be hurt again. And so we actually saw in scripture that Solomon not only motivated his pain, but he also medicated it. So he actually had a generational curse of how to handle pain that came down from his father. And then we talked about the way that I struggle with and many of us struggle with pain and and undealt with pain was we meditate on it. We think about it. And we use the illustration of Absalom, David's other son. Absalom had an incredibly hurtful thing happen in his family. A, a sister of his was hurt, was raped by a half-brother, and he was waiting around for David to deal with it, his dad to deal with it, and he never did. And so he stewed on that situation for two years. And when when finally, when nothing was ever done, he took matters into his own hand and he and he killed his half-brother. And then from that he ended up taking over. His father's kingdom because he didn't respect his dad anymore. So he meditated it on a point, uh, on it uh, to a point where it, it just took over his life. And so I think that all of us can relate to at least one of those three. Some of us may do all three of those. But what we did establish is that we got to deal with it. And last week, we basically did a little different type of altar call. What we did is we ended the service with asking God to cultivate us so that we could get healing from our pain. Because a lot of times that pain causes us to build up walls in our life and we don't deal with it. In fact, you can know you're filled with pain and when somebody tries to help you, you're kind of just like a a piece of rock, a piece of granite that, that you just can't chip away at because you've built these walls up in your life. And so hopefully over the last week, and in Jesus' name, I pray that you have cultivated it within us, a softened heart, a heart that Lord God would be willing to to be healed. Lord, a heart that would accept help from others. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would tear down any walls that we may have built, whether consciously or subconsciously, Lord, that you would demolish those walls, that we might get the freedom that you would want us to have from the hurt from our past. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. So the hurt that we have, that we accumulate, it's either gonna come from people or it's gonna come from circumstances. Last week, I shared several illustrations of myself and (laughs) how I've been hurt through the years. And, and, And truly, most of them were from people, but sometimes they are from circumstances. Sometimes it's from a death of a loved one or a bankruptcy or some type of uh, maybe broken relationship that you've gone through. And so that caused great hurt in you. I I remember when I lost my dad and I I felt like I lost him even years before he died because he he got Alzheimer's. And I remember going through all the pain of that and watching somebody that I loved and respected so much, just lose it. To see somebody that you love and respect so much that, that has always been the fixer in your family. It's always been the one that's like, dad, you know, this is broke or this, I need help building this. Like he's there with his tool belt on, ready to go. And as time went on, how when we did projects together, I had to slowly take over the lead in those projects. That was so hard. It was so hard to see him suffer. It was so hard to see him go through what he went through and then how it affected our family. And I remember I had to go through counseling and deliverance just from losing him. And we've all lost somebody. Somebody. We've all been hurt, but how do we heal from it? We don't want to carry this stuff into a new year. We don't want it to stack up on us to the point where it feels like weight, a burden that we're pulling around with us. Well, the first thing that we have to do is we just got to be honest before God. When we hide from God, we are hiding from our healer. And isn't it interesting that we will do that? that we will be hurt and then we will try to take it upon ourselves to fix it. And for some reason we feel guilt or shame as a result of that pain. Don't you know that that's the enemy? If we're hurt by someone or something, why should we feel guilty about it? Why should we want to hide that? Why should we be shameful about that? We shouldn't, it's the enemy's ploy. He wants you to hide that from God. He wants you to hide it from the only thing that will heal you. That's why he makes you feel bad about what you do. God wants to clothe you with grace and healing. The devil wants to silence you with condemnation. I was so good and still struggle with this, but I was so good at feeling guilt and shame. I was an expert at it. And I would feel guilty and shameful in times when I haven't even done anything wrong. Now there's been a lot of wrong that I've done in my life. And there's been a lot of times where I've needed to feel conviction and convict- convictions from the Holy Spirit. And conviction is a tool of the Holy Spirit to get us to say, we're sorry, we're wrong. We're supposed to feel that. And I have felt a lot of conviction in my life. <laughs> but when we ask for forgiveness and we still feel bad, that's the devil. That's his counterfeit emotion of condemnation that feels like conviction that keeps us beat down. We can get so much healing from the Lord if we'll just sit down and talk to him. If we'll just sit down and be honest with him. I mean, when was the last time you really was, were honest with the heavenly father? To be honest with him, to, to uh, uh, tell him about those hurtful situations and how they made you feel. I think it's a really good idea for us to sit down with the Lord at least once a year and have a state of your soul meeting with him. Where you just write a letter and you just say, Lord, this hurt. What I went through, this really bothered me and I, and I don't want it to happen again. And I don't like what I am becoming as a result. Help me, heal me, direct me. Are you good at praying for yourself? Are you one of those people that just want to pray for everybody else? Another trick of the devil is that he'll tell you, oh, you don't, it's selfish for you to pray for yourself. You need to be praying for others. You don't need to be praying for yourself. Yes, we need to be praying for ourselves. We need to be evaluating ourselves all the time and what, what, how we can change and how we can be better and how we can heal. God wants us to be reliant on him. and We just have to be honest with him. The next thing we have to do is we have to be responsible to God. We have to take responsibility in our part of the healing process. I think sometimes we'll be too reliant on God. And we'll just say, okay, God, if you want to fix me, fix me. Okay, all right, come on, heal me. And we don't do anything for ourselves in the process. We're really good at blaming others for our pain. Even if it is their fault, we love to blame them to a point where it becomes unhealthy. And we never take responsibility for anything we could have done. It's always their part fault, which can turn into this other spiritual matter, which is what we call a victim spirit. And a victim spirit is a demon that wants to beat you down and make you feel like a victim. Because if he can make you feel like a victim, then God won't ever allow you, you will never allow God to make you feel like a victor. And this victim spirit, it will come upon you and it will make you feel so bad about yourself. It'll make you feel like you, you don't deserve anything. It'll make you feel so, so shameful and feel so much condemnation that you just walk around sad all the time. Just, I'm, I'm unworthy. Now you think about this. If you ever have a mili- an army that walks into a military field and, and, and they're getting ready to do battle, if they go out there with a victim spirit, they're not going to win. We got a couple of big football games today. You know, you got whether you're a Chiefs fan or a Rams fan or a Bengals fan or a Niners fan, whatever you are. Can you imagine if your team walked out on the field and they're like, oh "Man, we we don't, even, we don't even deserve to be here. We're not worthy of this. I mean, uh, I'm surprised anybody even showed up. I guess we'll play. I mean, I guess we'll we'll just deal with the. The hat, first half and the second half, as it comes, I mean, we really don't really have a chance. I mean, why, why would we ever wanna be blessed with a win? Would your team win with that attitude? No, they would get annihilated. And that's the way the devil wants you to feel. He wants you to be a victim. He doesn't want you to be a conqueror, which God came for us. Christ came that we would, we would have life and have it to an abundance, but he also came that we might be more than conquerors. If someone else is my problem, they're also my solution. When you see somebody as your problem, your hurt and your pain, they're also your solution. When you forgive them and when you learn from that situation, they become a part of the solution. Life does not form us. Our response to life forms us. Number three. Mercy from God and to those who have hurt me. Forgive others and yourself. Sometimes our pain is self-inflicted because we don't give ourselves the grace that we give others. Sometimes we're not good at forgiving others, but sometimes we're really bad at forgiving ourselves. And Christ said, we're supposed to forgive everybody. We're supposed to forgive everyone. And so if we don't forgive others, then it builds this wall between us and the Lord. It doesn't make us lose our salvation. It doesn't change the relationship that he's our heavenly father, but it changes our closeness to him because he knows we have issues with some of his other kids. And I know every time I say this, there's somebody in the crowd that will say, yeah, but you don't know what I've been through. You don't know how bad I've been hurt. You don't know what I have to forgive. And you know what? I deserve forgiveness to be able to not forgive them. I deserve to not give that to them, but you're not giving it to them. You're giving it to you. So we've gotta forgive. We have gotta be able to uh, uh, move on because regret and condemnation will always make us focus on the past. We have to bless those that have hurt us and pray for them. This helps us to be able to forgive and move on. And here is the coolest thing. If you pray for those that have hurt you, the devil will stop bringing them to mind because he doesn't want you praying for them. He didn't want you praying at all. But if you're praying for them, that really defeats his purpose. That defeats what he does. He comes to kill and steal and destroy. When you're lifting your enemy up in prayer, he can't do that. So that meditating on that person or meditating on that problem will go away because you're not thinking about him anymore. I love Matthew chapter five, verses 43 through 48, but I really love it in the message translation. It says, you're familiar with the old written law. Love your friend. And it's unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. That's what Jesus says. I'm gonna challenge that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the supple moves of prayer. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best the sun to warm, the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? I love that. Anyone can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill center does that. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Your kingdom, you are kingdom subjects. Now live like it, live out your God created identity, live generously and graciously towards others, the way God lives toward you. Isn't that incredible? Which leads us to number four, we need to depend on the Holy Spirit for emotional health and healing. Galatians five twenty two and 23 say, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is, no a law, there is no law against these things. Now, we have some beautiful ministries here at the church that will bring about spiritual healing in your life. And I, and I, I love these two ministries. I think they're two ministries that are the most effective when it comes to healing from our hurts. And a lot of times, you know, we can do services like this and you're going to experience great healing in it. You will. But sometimes we need help. Sometimes we need somebody that has the Holy Spirit living within them that can help us with what we're dealing with. And one of those ministries we have here is our our transformation ministry, our deliverance ministry. And if you've never gone through spiritual warfare and you've never gone through deliverance, what a blessing it is. The amount of weight that will fall off of you as a result is so worth it. It's so worth your time. And we've had thousands of people go through our spiritual warfare ministry here and, and they always say the same thing. They always say when they come out of it, I wish I would have had this information 20 years ago. They always say, I wish I would have known these things so that I wouldn't have carried around all of these hurts, all of these pains, all of this unforgiveness for most of my life. And the great thing about that particular program is you can do it any It's on uh, uh, on the internet. You can get a book. You can go through it. You can go through deliverance. And I tell you this, and I challenge you this, because a lot of people will do the course, but they won't actually do the session afterwards. Don't do the work and stop short. Do the work and then get the benefit from that. Go through deliverance. Go through restoration. It will change your life for the better. You may walk out of that, and people will look at you and go, wow, you're different. Something has changed in you. The other ministry we have here at the church that is much like that and that blesses so many is called The Bridge. And it's a a ministry for our women here at Fellowship. And it's for those ladies that have gone through those hurts in, in their past and they just need help getting through things. It empowers you, it strengthens you. It gets that victim spirit far away from you to where you can be a victor. And we have such incredible results just from these two ministries. But it's not the ministries. It's not the program. It's not the book. It's not the videos. It's the Holy Spirit working in those things. It's the Holy Spirit using your brothers and sisters in Christ to minister to you. We need to take advantage of those things. They're there. Use them. Allow yourself to be teachable enough to go through them and allow the Holy Spirit to work through others to help you. Number five, take authority over the devil's lies and deception. Well, we know he's a father of lies, and we know he loves to deceive. The scripture says, though, that we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. What that scripture is saying is that we're not at war with those that have hurt us. We're at war with the demons that use that person to hurt us. Most of the time, people are not intentionally trying to destroy us or hurt us. But the demon that they're carrying around is. And so when we change our thoughts, from focusing on the person and focus instead on what caused the person to do those things, it changes the fight. It actually does some good. Those internal arguments you have with people that have hurt you in the past, you know, those don't do any good. (laughs) They don't help at all. But man, when you start praying for the person that hurts you and start praying for the demons to leave that person that caused them to hurt you, that's what the scripture is talking about. Waging war in a different way. And then it says to demolish strongholds. Now, a lot of times that's confusing. Strongholds, what does that mean? I mean, it doesn't mean I have to go out and attack a fortified city. I don't get that. Well, a stronghold is the deception or the lie that the devil hides behind. And he spent a lifetime with you whispering with lies into your And he does it so much that we begin to believe that that's reality. We begin to believe that that's the truth. And his lies are always so destructive. Those strongholds that he puts within us are so seductive. And and they just happen incrementally within us to where Slowly, it solidifies us as our new truth. But it's just a lie. A lot of times we can't see the lies that are within us. And so we need help. And that's one reason why we have the bridge. That's one reason why we have spiritual warfare is so that you can go through the transformation process of understanding what the devil has been selling you, but what what, what the God of the universe wrote about you. Now you may not know the strongholds offhand that the devil has spoke to you. And so I've said this in the past, I've said, when you look in the mirror, what do you hear? That's a good way to establish what a stronghold is in your life, what what the lie is. When you look in the mirror, do do you see the creation that God made you to be? Do you see yourself the way God sees you? Or when you look in the mirror, do you hear words like, you're not worthy, you're not good enough, you're not attractive, nobody likes you. You see, those are strongholds. And you hear them enough and you start to believe them. Never gonna amount to anything. You're always gonna be broke like your family. Not good enough. things are never going to get better for you. I'll tell you the stronghold the devil told me for years was that God would love me more if I sinned less. Like I could be so much closer to the Lord if I could just get all these sins out of my life and live perfectly. So that goes along with that condemnation that I always felt. I always felt like I wasn't good enough. You can't serve. I know what you've done in your past. Why are you going to church on a Sunday morning and worship? I I know what you did last night. Those are all strongholds. Those are all lies. It's all deception. The devil's trying to control you. And he's trying to control your destiny. But we can stop that. With the help of our Heavenly Father, we can stop that. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to end with worship because there's nothing that cuts to the soul of the enemy more than worship. It's the sword of the spirit. It slices deep. And you know what? He's been slicing us for years. Let's slice him for a change, right? And so what I want to do, I want us to stand. And this song that we're getting ready to worship to is... Awesome, and so if you normally worship with us at front up front, come come on up front. You're going to want to anyway. And those are are here that are our, our altar workers, our counselors. If you guys have come forward too. And if you would say this morning, enough, enough devil stealing my future enough of the people that have hurt me in the past stealing my destiny if you would say enough this morning enough of this weight enough of this burden i want to get rid of it i am done with it i want to do life in a new way in a different way if this morning you would say enough I want you to get in on this spiritual warfare prayer that we're gonna be doing this morning. So make your way down too. I know the auditorium's pretty full, but we have plenty of room. And as we sing this song, which I love this new worship song, it's called Touch of Heaven. Within it, the lyrics say, I open up my heart to you, talking about God. So do what only you can. Do what only you can, Jesus. Jesus have your way in me now. If you want Jesus to have his way in you now, you want healing like you've never felt it before. You want want to be different. Then don't stay in your seats. Part of what the Lord is trying to do in you is to say, I'm going to step out. I'm going to come forward. I don't care if people see that I've been hurt in the past. I want to be free in the future. So, as we sing this song and we worship together, just step out of your seats and then we're going to do some spiritual warfare for you on your behalf. Let's sing together. I live
6: for the moment Where I'm still in your presence All the noise dies those
5: telling you it's your fault. It's your fault. And it's not. Holy Spirit, show us what it is. We don't want to believe the lie anymore. So what is it that we're believing? For some of you, the devil's been telling you it's not going to get any better. no hope for many of us he's told us what well, we're not worthy we're not good enough mm, for somebody in this room he's told you you don't deserve love you don't deserve relationships somebody he's told you'll never be close to anybody you'll never really have a friendship that you can trust so whatever it is that the devil's been telling you let's just demolish that stronghold scripture says we can do that So I want you to do that. I want you to say, in Jesus' name, demolish the stronghold where the devil's been telling me. Now fill in the blank, whatever that is. For some of us, we've been believing so many strongholds that we're going to need to continue this after church to write down all the lies that we believed but whatever they are you can demolish them you don't have to believe them anymore so Lord help us to go down this road of self discovery and understanding what those lies are and then I pray right now Holy Spirit that you would loosen us the truth The veils of deception that are over our eyes and help us to see clearly what the truth is. Holy Spirit, loose your truth in this room. When we look in the mirror, help us to see this creation that you made, that you love and you accept and you are well pleased with. Loosen us a hope of the future. Loosen us the ability to understand how much you love us, regardless of what we do. Loose grace in this room, Holy Spirit. Bind up the spirit of guilt. We bind up the spirit of condemnation. In fact, if that is you, if that is something that you struggle with, guilt and condemnation, I want you to say that right now. I want you to say in Jesus' name, bind up the spirit of guilt and condemnation and cast it out of me and away from me in Jesus' name. And loosen me grace. Lord God, help us to be able to be experts at feeling grace and acceptance and love. And that our go-to would not always be guilt and shame and condemnation. Free any person in this room that is feeling guilt and shame place that with grace and love Lord I pray that you would help us to take responsibility for our part in this healing process help us to just be real with you God help us to quit hiding things from you like we're hiding things from you but help us to be open and honest and vulnerable, help us to be transparent I pray Holy Spirit that you would loosen us transparency with you within us the ability to be honest with you. I pray in Jesus' name anything that we've been hiding from you God that you would drag it into the light and there would be such healing in that process. The devil loses his power when we drag those things into the light because he can't make you feel bad about them anymore because you've already given them to God. Lord, we just give this stuff over to you. Heal us, restore us. Help us to take the steps that we need to to get the healing that you want for us. Heal us from betrayals. Heal us from broken relationships. Heal us from circumstances in our life, whether it's wrapped around death or illness. Heal our marriages, God. Heal us from family betrayal. Heal us from lost dreams. Restore in us hope and joy. The joy of our salvation. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I pray in Jesus' name you would release that kind of joy in us. And make us strong with it. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. We have prayer counselors down here. If you need to talk to somebody, most of these guys are on our deliverance team. So you're more than welcome to come down and get some more prayer. But if you need to go get your kids, we get it. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of our family here at Fellowship Church. God bless you.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior and to guide my life, to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text heaven to 94000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week in person or online.